Kevin Barker. We were triple screening it here. We had the Nats on the one on the one screen. We had the Yankees on the Rays. The other screen, of course, we had the Blue Jays and the Orioles right in front of us here. Um, we've got plenty of time to do a post-mortem on the 2020 season, um, and I'm sure we will. Mm. But uh, just your thoughts about how today played out. I, it, let me just, about a year ago, you talked about Rafael Devers and said he's the left-handed Vladdy. Yeah. And we were talking about it again today. If you look at the games that we were focused on, George Springer comes through in a big way for the Blue Jays. Aaron Judge comes through for the Yankees. Now, if if you haven't seen that play, I I mean, Kevin Cash had his closer in the game. First base was over, but there was one out. They pitched Aaron Judge. I mean, Judge hits a ball up the middle. I don't know how Brandon Lau got it. I don't know how he got the throw to home. In addition to that, it was a close play, bang, bang play. Tyler Wade was safe, and uh, the Yankees went on to win and go to the playoffs. And, of course, here, Rafael Devers is just kind of stuck a dagger. For now, there's going into the bottom of the ninth, but Rafael Devers, at yeah. least now, is stuck a dagger in the, in the hearts of the Blue Jays. But, my God, what a, what a, what a back and forth. Mark, that's the 40th time this year that the Boston Red Sox have have fallen behind by four plus runs. What's that stat? And they've come back to win. They're, they were three and thirty six this season when trailing by four wow. runs or more. Well, now it's four and thirty. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Look, it, it's you mentioned it. The, the guys that stepped up in big spots when they coming up, they have at bats that are different than everybody else's. And you know, Devers came up, and I was thinking to myself, this it could be over right here. It was a it was a split a two one split finger down in a way that most humans would have rolled over. Mm-hmm. He, he is a, I, and I've said this before, there's just certain people that have a, a, an act for getting it done when it matters the most. And Endeavors and, and Vladdy and George Springer and Aaron Judge, they're all in that hat together. And, you know, it, am I saying that the, the right two teams are in the, in the wild card team? Absolutely not. The, 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 <laughs> no. the, Yankees, the Yankees and the Red Sox are very fortunate that the Jays are not in it. Oh, they, listen, watching those games, again, folks, if you get a chance, you got to see how bad the Red Sox pooched this Chris, game. Chris Sale looked awful. Chris Sale awful. walked in a run. He had, he had, he had no control. Um, Verdugo it, was running into outs. Verdugo ran into outs. Uh, Garrett Richards made a misplay on a yeah. ball. Uh, in the Yankees game, I mean, Gary Sanchez just had another defensive nightmare. But... The Yankees' bullpen went toe-to-toe with the – and I'm telling you, folks, I want no part of that bullpen. Yeah. That Yankees' bullpen right now is – that's that might be – I'm not going to say the best bullpen in baseball, but it it might be the strength of that team right now because they don't play defense. Yeah. They got two guys who are hitting, and the starting well, pitching's well, kind of iffy. Uh, with, with, uh, with the bullpen arms they do have, it dumbs it down for Aaron, Aaron Boone. Aaron, Aaron Boone now doesn't have to think about who he's going to. He's got multiple guys down there with power, sink – and slider feeding off of that and can get both sides of the plate out. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it looks between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Let's uh, bring Ben Wagner back. Uh, ben, th- thanks for joining us. Terrific call, uh, as always, today. Nick Pavetta, by the way, is on the mound for the Red Sox closing out this game. Um, uh, Alex Cora has used Eduardo Rodriguez and Nick Pavetta, his starters, to, to put this game against the Nationals to try to put it to bed. Just, you made a great point. At the end of the 
almost near the end of the game, talking about all that this team has gone through. The three different home stadiums. Look, we know the pitchers didn't like pitching in Dunedin. Uh, not having George Springer. I mean, look, every team's got injuries and ups and downs and all that. But to me, the biggest takeaway from this season is that the Blue Jays came home. They dominated teams at the Rogers Center. There was, I think, a reconnection with the fan base. And there was also, you know what? I think it's important that George Springer, Vladdy, and Bo see what see what this place is like when the, the games mean a lot. I think... George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bill Bichette, uh, Alec Manoa, Nate Pearson. I think this is important for a lot of players, you know, that are involved in this year. And, you know, quietly there have been a lot of conversations on the field that I've had with coaches and, and other players. And that longing of what this season could have really been like if they were able to start at home. Mm. That is really gnawing at them. Right. And that is that is an honest, honest truth. And they knew that there were going to be deficiencies at the start of the season. You, you know, and unfortunately, maybe, yes, the starting pitching wouldn't have been as strong even if they were at Rogers Center. But Rogers Center makes a difference. A big league venue made a difference. The wind was howling out all spring in the first couple of months that they were forced to play in Dunedin. And that was twofold, right? There was construction happening in Buffalo that didn't allow the Blue Jays to even have Buffalo as an option to begin the year, let alone the freezing cold weather in April and May Mm -hmm. in Western New York. You know, so there were things stacked against the Blue Jays because there were never a moment that they thought Toronto would be an option. And they just had to, they just had to come to the conclusion that it would be an uphill battle at the start of the year. And it, and it was, it was physically and on the field of play it was difficult, and really it was a season of four moves for the players as well. And until this last couple of days, you didn't understand how taxing that was on the individuals to find places to live. Because, listen, the club doesn't do it for you. Uh, it's up to the individual players to take care of it. And the Blue Jays, because of all the adversity, did take big steps to help players. But once you sign a lease, you know, it's tough to get out of a lease and all these other things and and find doctors for your kids to go to. There's life stuff that these guys had to deal with over the course of getting to spring training, then extending their leases in Dunedin, figuring out where to go in western New York, finally getting to, to Toronto, obviously. That was the end goal. But at the end of the day, they were just wondering how many wins they left on the table by not being able to get to Toronto at the beginning of the year. But, um, you know, there was a lot of reflection over the course of really the last 72 hours, some admission out of that New York Yankee series about just how difficult this season has been physically and mentally through this grind, like every season really is. But this one was totally different uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays, and you could start to see it on their faces kind of dejected as the New York Yankees score popped on the board and then that two-run home run that was witnessed uh, by some people hovering in the distance uh, in the shadows of the tunnel. And then, as I mentioned, too, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out there on the bench just kind of motionless after that two-run home run was struck uh, for all the heavy lift that was done. Ben, do you think we can uh, we can uh, stop worrying about Nate Pearson and he's officially a big leaguer now? Uh, I didn't think he was as sharp, honestly, today as what he had been the last couple of outings. I, I do like the bullpen role for him. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was a little, there was a little regression from the last couple 
that we saw from Nate. So uh, I think harnessing the strike zone, he's got the stuff. You know, we've seen the stuff. We've seen really good outings from him. He's going to get better. He's still a young guy on the mound. And if he can be a multiple inning guy, he can be a massive weapon for the Toronto Blue Jays. Two outs, by the way, in the Boston-Washington game. Nick Pavetta on the mound for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are one win away from uh, ending all this all this talk about chaos. We kept talking about chaos all mm. day, and chaos gave way to tension and then ultimately dis- to disappointment. And look, there's going to be disappointment in Seattle, uh, and there's going to be disappointment in Toronto because these two young teams really put the pedal to the metal down the stretch here. And um, I'm with Mr. Barker in this. I I know the Red Sox and Yankees are in the playoffs and the Jays aren't, but Jays are a better team right now than the Red Sox and Yankees. I I, I don't think there's any any doubt about that. No doubt about that. I talked to people in Seattle. I talked to people in Boston and New York when they were just here, and I tried to read the room, right? Take the temperature of if this plays out with absolute madness, who do you fear? Who do you not want to? Who do you think you match up better against? not match up better against nobody nobody said they wanted to mm. play the Toronto Blue Jays you know, not one as I said we are we are going to have a chance to do a the postmortem all week and the numbers to call we can start it today if you want but I'm more interested in your reaction to what we just saw today and 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 maybe how you feel about this team going forward and the numbers are 416-870-0590 star 590 one triple eight triple six zero five ninety don't call up and ask for the manager to be fired because the manager's not going to be fired. But I want I, I, I just want to know, especially if you were at the game today and, and you witnessed that. The uh, Boston Red Sox, by the way, have just punched their ticket to the postseason, beating the Washington Nationals 7-5. I want to know what you felt today, what you feel now about this particular team. And, you know, Ben and Kevin... Watching this game today, I had, I will tell you, there was one thing I was afraid of today. There was one thing I was afraid of today, and that was that Hyunjin Ryu would come out and not have a good game, and his last appearance of the year, possibly last appearance of the year here, would be a, a poor. Uh, then, you know, even if the Jays did make the playoffs, he would get into the whole postseason roster thing yada yada I like where this team is right now everybody who is going to be here next year everybody can leave on a high Bo Vladdy Danny Jansen for God's sake Teoscar Barrios Manoa Romano right like there is really nobody on this team right now that is going to go into the year I don't think anyhow with a sour taste in their mouth. And, and and again, it's early, and yeah, guys are going to be disappointed. But, Bark, I'll throw it to you, and then, Ben, I, I want you to chime in here. Uh, I, you know, I'm not looking at this through rose-colored glasses. I don't think I can be cynical as anybody, but I, I don't see anybody in this team right now who's going to look at this year and go, eh. Yeah, I don't think so either. The, the, if maybe you look, Randall Gritchick. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, maybe. What would we expect to get, to get from Randall? You know, he's a home run hitter who's very streaky, and when he's not in one of those streaks, he's not a very good hitter. That's He's a, he's a pretty good defender. He can play center. He can play right. It's not going to hurt you on, on that side of the ball. The big question for me is who plays third? If, if San Diego Espinal next year comes in and they give him a chance, I don't want to say win the job or take the job or have the job because there are, there's other things for them to worry about 
and they think he's good enough. Ben, do you think he's good enough to play every day at third base? I think he's good enough to play every day at third base. I don't know about the bat to play every day in the big leagues. Now, I know it's a larger sample size in over the course of June through July, and he almost missed a month with the hip flexor thing. He's held his own. But are there enough thumpers around the Blue Jays going into next year where you don't have to have that high-caliber bat playing third base? I think it's still a spot that the Blue Jays certainly can improve upon. And if you, if you have second base open and it's not going to belong to Kevin Biggio, I think Santiago Espinal flops yep. right into there. I'm with you. Is it, I, I really do. I really think yep. that is probably the end game. For Santiago Espinal, I, I he just, has shown everything with the glove that he he can play there. Yeah. What 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 if he what if there's uh, say you say you got a bunch of ground ball guys and you need the left side of the infield to be really good? I just say it's a defensive first. Maybe if you don't go out and get that guy that plays in Cleveland. Well, that's maybe. a reason why he's playing behind Hyunjin Ryu. I mean, he's a glove yeah. first guy, and when the Blue Jays need. Uh, somebody on the diamond, if they've got somebody that induces a lot of ground balls, Santiago Espinal was going to be in the starting lineup day in and day out for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's pretty clear. This team, whether or not this team signs Robbie Ray and Marcus Semien, um, the ownership of this team expects Ross Atkins to put this team in a position to win a World Series next year. And if you can't sign Marcus Semien and or Robbie Ray, then you have to go out and you have to do something that makes this team better. I don't think you fill in, uh, you, you lose Marcus Semien and fill in with, I don't know, pick a guy. I, I don't think you, you fill in with, with, with a guy. I think you, you have to make this team better. You have to give it a little more balance. And once you do that, I think, you find a place for Santiago Espinal to play, and that that may be second base. If I can upgrade at third base and play him at second, absolutely. But I but I do know this: his right-handedness. If you looked at the if you look at the construction of the Blue Jays, I kept saying all year, "Good God, if only Santiago Espinal hit <laughs> left-handed. If only he hit left-handed." But I think if the team addresses that balance a little bit. You can have him batting ninth or eighth in your lineup and playing really good defense at second base and see what you get. You know, at least give the guy a chance to come into spring training and, and, and win a job if you haven't made that upgrade at that position. You know, I, and, and again, but that gets to my point, guys, that we're talking about Santiago Espinal going into the offseason with a spring in his step. Hey, we're, we're now talking about guys who were bit players and bench players who are ending the season feeling pretty good about themselves. I, I think his voice is going to be one of the larger ones in the room about young, upcoming, and surprise players that the Toronto Blue Jays have. Uh, I think the theme of the offseason is we were so close and we're going to continue our charge. And, and Bark and Blair, you, you brought up a good point. You know, little negativity from only a couple of position players I think Kevin Biggio probably looks at this year as a lost season for him with the injuries and with production obviously he never really got it going Randall Gritchick though is interesting because he kind of faded off at the end of the year but I think Gritch is going to look at this season as as one where he didn't expect to play a lot he mm. thought he was going to be the fourth outfielder Fair point. and he did play a lot and he still produced a 20 plus home run season and he drove in 80 like he was part of the drive in a lot of cases in the absence of George Springer but 
but it's still not as fulfilling for for Randall Gritchick, right? As what what he would want, and, you're, and you're, certainly you know you you evaluate and you would want from from Randall Gritchick. So there's uh, there's way 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 more positives than negatives. I mean, there are plenty of wins left on the table, and we can all point to those and know what that is. But uh, there are significant moves that they can make using who is here, and also just going out and shaking the purse strings. That's the bottom line. They know that there are areas that they have to upgrade. Santiago Espinal can go in there. He can battle for a job and, and use it as a springboard. Or his his value right now is never going to be higher hmm. with what he was able to do. And if it's part of a package that the Blue Jays can creatively come up with something, maybe that is. Knowing that you've got Jordan Groshans and company, you know, you've got a little depth on the infield if you don't think that Santiago Espinal is going to be somebody that can go out there and play every day for you, or you've got somebody that's going to be a better option depending on free agency or already in-house. Ben, listen, we're going to let you run. We appreciate you uh, joining us before the games on Blair and Barker and uh, on, on Baseball Central. We loved hearing your voice in the broadcast booth, my friend. You know that. And um, we will we will be in touch throughout the offseason. It should be a... Uh, it should be a should be a hectic and an interesting offseason for the uh, Toronto w- Blue Jays. I appreciate you guys so much. And, um, you know, it was great to be back. It was great to be back in this chair. It's uh, not being in Toronto left a massive void, uh, mm. to be honest with you guys. And uh, I was I was fortunate to be very close to the ball club at the start of the season in April and May and wasn't sure what would happen the rest of the way. So it's always a privilege to take the airwaves. For the Blue Jays fans and our great listeners across the network, I appreciate them, the interaction, and obviously appreciate you guys. And congratulations as well to both of you in your new gig and the new role. And I can't wait to be on the other side of this once we get rolling in 2022. Thanks for the really kind words, Ben. Yep. Thanks for great thanks job, for everything buddy. you did this year, my friend. Thank you. You guys are the best. Thanks. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays. All right, I promised we go to the phone lines, and we shall. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Okay, just to a reminder, now that the Blue Jays, this is just some housekeeping for us, now that the Blue Jays are out of the playoffs, Blair and Barker can be heard from 10 to 12 a.m. starting tomorrow. Um, So it'll be two hours of baseball talk in the morning. We'll take you right through the World Series through to the winter meetings, uh, 10 to 12, Blair and Barker, 5 to 7, the fan drive with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt, part of our new lineup. That will premiere tomorrow as well. So that's that's the housekeeping stuff done. That's Because we had to wait and see if there was game 163. I don't know, where, I don't know what, what time we're going to be on the air. But that's the housekeeping stuff done, 10 to 12 tomorrow. Uh, Blair and Barker. And as I said, we will do, trust me, we will do a deep, 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 deep look at the Blue Jays and and what went right this year and, of course, what went wrong this year. We'll have plenty of time to do that. But right now, I just want, want to open the phone lines to the fans. If you're there, tell me what it was like and tell me, tell me what it, what it feels like now to go into a winter knowing your team has Vladdy, Bo, George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, Alec Manoa, Jose Barrios. This, I, I would argue that this team, even though it isn't in the playoffs this year, looks better than 2015's team did at the end of the year because you knew a bunch of guys were going, it looks better than 2016's team did at the end of the year. 
This is the beginning. This ain't the end of anything. Lauren in Toronto, what is up, my friend? Hey, Jeff and Kevin. First of all, I just want to let you know that uh, I really appreciate you guys. You're incredible. I spend a bunch of time in my car and uh, love driving around listening to you. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. And so I've been going to these games. We we got season tickets. Our family did back in 77. Been going religiously uh, right through. Um, and it is a shrine down there. So I've seen I've seen them all, um, the ups and downs. And this is right up there with as exciting as I've ever been about a baseball team in Toronto. I mean, it is incredible. Young guys, uh, some veterans. It's all good. I think that, that like, uh, like you said just before, there's some tinkering that's going to happen, but I can't wait for next year. Yeah, listen, and, and I'll tell you this, and th- thanks for the call, Lauren. Look, the thing is the guts of this team are here. Yep. The guts of this team are here. You're right. I, tinkering, I mean, we'll have to see. If Robbie Ray and Marcus Semien go, yeah. then that would be a little more than tinkering. But I get your point. Uh, if one of them comes back, yeah, I, tinkering is the, the right word. We just said that it's entirely possible, Santiago. If Robbie Ray comes back, it's entirely possible that you go into the offseason needing to fill one position. Now, you're going to want to fill the bullpen. You're going to want to make the bullpen a little deeper. Mm-hmm. But Romano, Simber, Richards, Meza, Maybe Nate Pearson if he's not a starter. I'm not certain how much backfilling there has to be in that bullpen. You got to get. You got to get. I, I think maybe yeah, one more sure I, I, thing for Charlie. I, I think it's more than one. I, I think you got to take care of what ifs. Is Jordan Armada going to be this good next year? You have no That's idea. That's your one. But you can't take. You but have no you know idea, what? Right? You can't take. Is he going to be good next you, year? You have no idea. You can't take care of. You can only have so many what ifs. You can't. You can't put a bullpen together thinking, okay, well, I need backup for Mesa. I need backup for Richards. I need backup for Simber. First thing you got to do wow. is what you want. Do I have three guys I can ta- I can throw in at the end of the game? That's where you need that third guy. Hmm. Do you have? Do I have three guys I trust to come in and close it out? And I don't know. Maybe Nate Pearson is that third guy. I, I, I you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, as I said a, a lot, for a while, Kevin, I think you know, Nate Pearson right now has got a role in this team next year. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. Or, or, or he he could be part of a, yeah, a deal yeah. that goes to fill another, I, I another spot. Way, I, I really can't wait to talk to Petey, Pete Walker, the pitching coach, and ask him what he thinks of Nate Pearson, what, what he thinks about high leverage, what he thinks about his mindset when he hands him the ball when it matters the most. You know, we really haven't seen that. We haven't seen him in the eighth inning with a runner on second base in a, in a one-run game. We haven't really seen that. What, what would it be like? Can he do it? Is he is he capable mentally of handling that? That's yeah, That's we'll have to see that. that. But look, at some point, at some point, Jordan Romano had to learn how to ride the bike. Jordan Romano didn't just what, didn't just sort of thrown into down. it though. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, unless you're getting Liam Hendricks, you got to figure out whether a guy can do it. I I I I, I agree with you. Mm. But um, again, if you do bring one of Ray and Simming back, you don't have a whole hell of a lot to do with this team, other than you know yeah. make sure that next year you you're not. You're not filling out your bullpen with Kirby Yates and yeah, Tyler Chapman. I, I, I really do think, too, you brought up a good point about the balance of the lineup. The lefty, we saw against the Yankees when Aaron Boone continued to roll out power throwing righties mm-hmm. with some sink, you know, have it going one way into the righty, going another way with the lefty or with the slider. 
So you have them going two different ways. You do that. You can get because that doesn't throw a righty off his off his thing. Right? He yeah. can come in and do the exact same thing to a bunch of right-handed hitters. Mark, look at look look at what happened this year. The Jays tried to bring Michael Brantley in left-handed bat. It didn't work. What did they spend the last two months of this season doing? Dickerson, Dyson. I mean, they kept bringing it. Bravik Valera. They kept running in guys to try yeah. to address to try to address that situation. So that to me is the obvious thing you're going to do. You're going to try to add an impactful left-handed bat and I, or, or an impactful switch hitting bat. Yeah. Well, like you may the have, dude in Cleveland. Well, you may have to give up that, uh, that high leverage Nate Pearson guy. You keep, keep talking about to get that guy. I'm okay. You're willing that. to do that. Help take, if I'm getting a guy who's going to be under contract for two or three years. Yes. Yeah. I'll find another guy who can throw a hundred. Because okay. everybody in baseball seems to have about 50 of them. So, yeah, I'll find another guy who can throw 100 mm. if I get a chance to do that. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The Jays' season is over. The Red Sox and Yankees are going on to the postseason. Anthony and Kitchener. Uh, uh, hi, guys. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um just a uh, congratulations to everybody um, at Sportsnet. I know that the season's been incredibly difficult from going from Dunedin to Buffalo and then finally coming back home. You got everybody there. Um, just a big round of applause. You guys were class acts throughout the entire thing. Um, what I really want to say is I am kind of bittersweet. I, I, of course, I would have loved to see the Jays play against New York and who knows what happens from there. Uh, maybe they go on a run, maybe they don't, but I think we should take a lot of positives from the season. Vlad, Vlad may have, may just be the MVP. Marcus Simeon, he played a heck of a season. Robbie Ray might be a Cy Young award winner. I don't know, but he, he looked very good. And as a fan, if we can continue to improve, with all the youth coming up and with all the veterans that really chipped in and showed that either they still had something, they still had something, they saw um, something in a tank or they were, they had a chip on their shoulder. It was improvement. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to 2022. Um, and best of luck to all the playoff teams. Uh, now, now uh, luck's going to be a small part of it, but it's being high. So uh, thank you, guys. Thanks, uh, Anthony. Thanks yeah. for the kind words. That's a great call. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I guess we're all cheering for the Rays now, are we? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, that was nice of you. <laughs> well, I, I, how can I do that? I will say this uh, about uh, this particular team and, and the possibility of improvement. We're just watching a replay of number 11 crossing the plate. I think the possibility of improvement Bo Bichette is the thing. Of, of, of the guys out there, I think Teoscar, you'd take another year from Teoscar and say that that's like this and say that that's a Teoscar yeah. year. I think Vladdy has another year like this, and you, you wouldn't yeah. be surprised. But, Bark, uh, Bo Bichette almost hit 300. If Bo Bichette comes in next year and hits 325 with, I don't know, 35 bombs, 40s, but why can't he is what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he to me, is the one guy – that I I don't think we've I don't think we've seen the best of yet. 
Yeah, I don't think I so. Either. Don't. I don't think so either. And and moving him uh, moving him around the order, maybe hitting him second. What would that do? Having a healthy George Springer for mm. 140 games and him hitting behind and in front of Vladdy and behind George Springer. And that they, they just seem like they feed off of each other. Bo and Vladdy do. And I'm with you. It's you know we saw him try and do things with his with his lower half, the two strike approach, the the you know not kicking the leg as as high as he normally does. You know he, he's not moving his hands as much as he was in the, at the beginning of the season like he was at the end of the season. He's a better defender now. You know, you're not scared when the ball's hit to him when it matters the most. That's that's a big thing. It's He owns it. That That's the first thing you have to do as an athlete. That was what I had issues with when I played. It's going home and going, well, you're not good at that. Go fix it. And Bo did it. Like And Bo did it during a season, looked at himself in the mirror with the throwing and the fielding and the internal clock and all those things, looked at himself in the mirror and said, I need to fix that. And he fixed it in season. And now you're okay with him getting the ball and it matters. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they have elite players, superstars yeah. on their team. And you can throw Teoscar Hernandez in that mix too. The uh, Blue Jays wrapped up the season with a 12-4 win over the Baltimore Orioles. Unfortunately, it was not enough to get into the wild card or indeed even a 163, 163rd game. The New York Yankees beat the Tampa Bay Rays 1-0. Aaron Judge, a walk-off infield hit, uh, delivering a postseason berth to the Yankees. And Rafael Devers with the uh, telling blow for the Boston Red Sox. They beat the Washington Nationals. They also advance to the playoffs. So the Blue Jays will have to settle for one hell of an amazing season. Uh, a season full of, uh, well, I was going to say a season that ends full of promise and, and a season that, uh, that at, at times, a season that at times just just seemed to, I mean, it seemed to be going in two directions. You could see this team one point. You could almost see this team finishing first. At one point, you could see them going on. Yeah. A, I mean, there were losing streaks. The bullpen was an issue. There's all sorts of stuff happening. And as we said, it's a team that also had three different uh, three different home ballparks. It's a lot of exciting offensive numbers around this team. The season is over now. We will get to that when we come back, and we will also go to your calls again. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple a triple six zero five ninety. You're listening to the Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker, presented by Ontario Honda Dealers on the Sportsnet Radio Network. In Oakland, they called him the machine because he's a cold, calculated, hitting cyborg. I'll be back. Marcus Simeon lives here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, let me drop some numbers on you, shall I? The Jays finished 91-71. 47 and 3 at home, 25 and 11 at the Rogers Center, which is a 694 winning percentage. They've turned the Rogers Center or they've reclaimed the Rogers Center is how I is what I would say coming back to the city this year uh in, in as we as we pull ourselves out of this this pandemic. The Blue Jays came back, they planted the flag at the Rogers Center. 25 and 11 again a 654 winning percentage. Uh, they finished 42 and 34 against AL East opponents this year. They hit 262 home runs. That leads the majors. It's the most in franchise history. George Springer's grand slam today in the third inning was the ninth of the year. That's tied most for most in franchise history. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Marcus Semien became the sixth pair of teammates to each hit 40 plus home runs in a season. 
They joined Ortiz and Ramirez with the 2005 Red Sox. They joined Palmero and Rodriguez of the 2001 Rangers. They joined Mantle and Maris, Garrig and Ruth. Well, Garrig and Ruth did it twice. That's pretty good. Um, Vladdy and Marcus combined to hit 93 home runs, the most by a first-base, second-base combo in MLB history. And um, we've talked, obviously, about, about Vladdy's 48th home run of the, of the year. That's the most by a player age 22 or younger in Major League history. Uh, it is the second most home runs in franchise history, trailing over only Jose Batista's 54 home runs in 2010. And right now he's tied with, I guess he's finished tied with Salvador Perez for the most home runs mm-hmm. in the majors this season. Um, we already know that Marcus Semyon set the record for home runs by second baseman in the majors. You go on and on and on. Bo Bichette today, uh, two for five. 58 multi-hit games this season. That leads the American League. Uh, he finishes the season, finishes the season, hitting 469 on an eight-game hitting streak. So those are just some of the some of the offensive numbers, Kevin Kevin Barker, uh, surrounding the Toronto Blue Jays, and then there are other guys we could talk yep. about. Obviously, Teoscar Hernandez and how Danny Jansen finished the season on a bit. Santiago Espinal. Santiago Espinal. He made some big changes at the plate, closed himself off a little bit more, didn't raise the leg as high, giving himself a chance when he's not playing every day. All those stats you're reading off, and I look at the standings in the American League East, Blue Jays finished fourth. Yeah, and their run differential is what? Their run differential is like plus 148, am I right? 183. 183, okay, well, I was wrong. And they finished fourth. I missed it. I just tell you how good the American League East is. Yeah, it, it, well, it's crazy good. Absolutely, it is a it is a it is a crazy good division. It is, and um, you can't have hiccups during the season to win it or or be in it. And we talked on Friday about if you look at some of the other numbers as well. It, it's, I mean, the American League East. Not only are the are the teams good and are the records good, but the the, the teams in this division specialize in, in coming from behind. It is it is it is a meat grinder of a division. I know sometimes people. Uh, you know, people think that that folks overplay the whole AL East thing, but uh, that is not the case this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, next year, the Orioles, even if the Orioles improve dramatically, they're still going to be didn't the you, Orioles. Didn't your team go eighteen and one against them? Yeah. Tampa is probably not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Tampa's doing what they're doing without experienced pitchers. Let, we'll, we'll leave the Rays aside for now. I go on and on about them. <laughs> the Yankees have got some issues. The Yankees have have some real issues. Mm-hmm. They've got maybe the worst defense of any team going into the postseason. The White Sox, pretty bad. Too. Pretty, they're pretty bad. But but yeah. they're, they're, at least they don't have Gary Sanchez. At least they're not running out That's Gary Sanchez point. behind the plate. Um, and and the Yankees are going to be playing a bunch of guys out of position as well. Uh, the Red Sox, the Red Sox are uh, the Red Sox are going to be really, 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 really good for a long time because their farm system is loaded now. They've done they very quietly. Yeah, they're in the playoffs now, and they've gone in by the skin of their teeth and all that. Uh, and and you look at them, and you again, you watch the game today, and you go, "How the hell is that team in the playoffs?" But it's got a good minor league system. It's got a smart general manager. Uh, the the Red Sox are going to be around for a long time. This this division is going to be a four team. At, at minimum, a four-team fight for the next three or four years. And I'll tell you this, if any team's going to fall out of it, I still think it's going to be the Yankees. I still think it's going to be wow. the Yankees. I think the Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox 
uh, are really, really, I mean, they've got it. They've really got it going on right now. Russ in New Jersey. You're on the Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker. Well, maybe because I live here in New York first since I left Toronto, but I'm numb. You know, I think you guys said it best. I, I really felt if they got in the playoffs, they were the best team. And to sit here with, you know, it's nice to say what's going to be next year, but you never know. Guys get hurt, this, that. It's right now just totally numb. I, you know, watching that Red Sox game and Washington be up, being up, you know, five to one and, I was already planning my trip to Boston or New York, and I would go to both. And now I'm sitting here with nothing. So, you know, I go through the season and I look back at games, you know, and that's the way I am, you know, games that we should have won. You know, you go back to that Cleveland second game of the doubleheader where they lost 6-5 after being up 5-1 when Chadwick walked the ballpark. You know, and, and to tell you the truth, in August, I don't think people bring this up. And the offense was amazing. Uh, you're an idiot if you don't think so. But if you look in August, they had a streak where, you know, in the month of August, they probably played about 29, 30 games. They probably scored three runs or less than yep. 17 of them. Mm-hmm. Now, they, 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 you know, you go back and you split six with Detroit. You lost two to Washington. You know, it, it was – it was. Uh, yeah, you, know, you can, just, you can do that, Russ, but, I mean, you know, they they finished, what, they finished one win behind the Yankees and the and the Red Sox. I'm sure you could go back and look at their their seasons as well and say, well, you know, th- this, uh, you know, we could have we gone here or we could have done this. But I, I will say, I, I will say there's two things. You're right about August. Look, the Blue Jays basically helped put Seattle back in the playoff race. Yep. Uh, you're absolutely right about August, and we talked about this, and Dante Bichette talked about this. The core players on this team, Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Bo Bichette, they did not have uh, – they had, had, they had runs in August that weren't very good. I, that, that they absolutely uh, had runs in August where they did not look like the team you know, we saw at other points in the season. And as I've said, that's what happens with 162 games. And I know people are – Look, this lineup is so good. It's one of the best Blue Jays lineups I've ever seen, and they're not going to the playoffs. And people are going to say, well, come on. You know, you're, you're overlooking that fact. I, I'm not overlooking that fact. Uh, I, but I, and, and I, I am saying as well that you know, we can look at this loss to Cleveland or that loss to, to Detroit. The Jays are not in the playoffs because their bullpen was a tire fire mm-hmm. for almost five weeks. It's that there's nothing else you need to look at. I mean, there's nothing else you need to look at. They have five losses. I believe in May was May or June. I looked at it. That came out of the bullpen. Yeah. Five losses that came out of the bullpen, five consecutive losses that came in games that their relievers spit out the bit. I mean, that's just a fact. And we, and, and yeah, we could sit here and boy, if Charlie had done this in this game and this, in this game and this, in this game and this, in this game, Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, if the Jays had a halfway decent bullpen, they would have won this division. I, 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 I can't put it. I can't put it any other way. I credit Ross Atkins with making the in-season correction of this bullpen. But I think if you asked Ross Atkins, like he said, they Kirby Yates was a gamble that you know didn't cost didn't you a lot out. of money, didn't but work didn't out, work though. out. Yeah, Tyler Chatwood, that didn't work out. Um, you know, I keep saying. And I know people are going to get tired of this. Add Liam Hendricks to this team. That's all I'm saying. Huh. That's all I'm saying. And I know people are going to say that's a big 
contract, a lot of years, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I agree with you. But I'm just going to say, add Liam Hendricks to this bullpen, and I guarantee you we're getting ready, not for a wild card game. I guarantee you the Blue Jays are getting ready to wait and see who they're going to be playing in the wild card game. So you can go back and look at every game, but that is a simple fact of the matter. This bullpen, not now, not this particular group, but this bullpen at one point in the year made it, it made it very hard to manage. Yeah, yeah. It, George Springer, you know, it will have many games he plays somewhere around 80 games. You had, you had Ryu take a step back this year. You had, we talked about Bo defensive woes, you know, he trying to figure it out on the fly. You had Teoscar miss a little time because of COVID. You know, it was right. You had other guys pick it up around, like Marcus Simeon had an outstanding year. Vladdy had an MVP season. Teoscar Hernandez took a giant step forward. Yeah, he's a 300 hitter who can hit 30 and drive in 100. Like, yep. what, did you think that going into the season? I didn't. Nope. You know, I, I didn't. I thought he was a decent hitter, but you think he's a 300 hitter? I mean, so it's. Just to say you can take a lot of things away from this. If, if you're every individual on that team, you're walking away, and the first thing you're thinking of is, what do I need to work on in the offseason to make myself that much better of a player? They have something to build off of to make themselves that. And if you're a fan of that team, that's what you want from them. Yeah, and, and you know, you don't even have to – you don't have to go that far back you don't, to, to look. I mean, this team lost two of four games to the Minnesota Twins not that long ago. Yeah, they lost two of three to the, uh, to the Rays. In, in, in a recent series. You don't have to go all the way back in April and May. This team did lose games when it was fully healthy and everything was functioning. But that's 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 baseball. You're you're not you're not going to win every game. I I I, I will say this. I think if you talk to folks around and as Ben mentioned, you talk to folks around Boston, you talk to folks around New York, I'll I guarantee you there are a lot of folks in the American League right now exhaling. Yeah. I guarantee you there are I guarantee yeah. you there are a lot of folks right now. There's a reason that when it came time to set up the potential tie-breaking situations. Now think about this. Jeff Passan wrote this today. A reminder. Teams were given letter grades A, B, C, D. You get the pick where you only know. The New York Yankees looked at things and said, we got a choice. We could play the Jays in Toronto, or we can go to Fenway and play the Red Sox with all that warped history and Bucky Dent and all this stuff. And Chris Sale would have been shredded by then, and all this stuff. And the Yankees said, "Uh, yeah, we'd rather, we'd rather, we'd rather go to Fenway and 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 you know dip our toes in there than come to than come to Toronto to play the Jays." So I'm just saying, I, I think there's, I think the read around baseball is that this team right now was the team he didn't want to play. Yeah, they may the be a, they may be a switch hit in third baseman away from winning the World Series. I again, that's, I will that's, say that's balance. I think this I feel that this team is a lot closer than 2015's was because I knew in 2015 David Price wasn't coming back. I knew that Troy Tulowitzki, yeah. Troy Tulowitzki was going to be there. I didn't know what you'd get out of Troy Tulowitzki. I thought he was a diminished player offensively by then. Guys were getting a year older. I'm more bullish in this team now than I was in 2015 the end of 2015, I thought 2015 was the Jays' best chance to win the World Series. And as I've said all along, I still maintain if Brett Cecil's healthy, the Jays will have the Jays that have a World Series pen sure up would've. there for 2015. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Let's squeeze one more call in before our break. Chris and Stony Creek. Jeff, how are you, buddy? 
Doing well. Say hi to Barker. Hi. He's here too. Barker, how are you, sir? Hey, Great buddy. show. Always, guys. Listen, I just want to commend you guys on the season. Obviously, I know you guys are still going with the show, but, you know, great season, very exciting. Listen to your guys' show. You guys did a great job. Let me say that off the top, okay? Um, obviously, very exciting, you know, season for the Jays, obviously. Um, and I wanted to call and talk about Simeon and Ray and all these things. But when I was listening to you guys talk, what really came to my mind was that the last maybe I'll say four weeks of the season, I'm watching Boston and New York and the Jays obviously play different teams and Seattle play different teams. And there's a lot of bad teams in Major League Baseball right hmm. now that the New York Yankees can over can win over ninety games. You know, uh, I don't know. That's a comment that's coming to my mind right now. Chris, your phone line is really uh we we appreciate the uh sentiment. I, I think I got the gist of your just your call, and thanks for that. Mm. Uh, yeah, the again, we watched those games today. Um, Boston Red Sox and the Yankees did not did not did not play very well. Barker's point about the Chicago White Sox is true. The Chicago White Sox are not a good defensive team. No, nope. you got three teams, three teams going into the playoffs right now that uh, I just don't think are on par with the Blue Jays. I think the yeah. Rays, the Rays are the Rays. And I really do think, I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on Houston a bit, which I would suggest you don't do. I just think they're hard to root for. I think that's more. Yeah, it that, than, that than may be more else. it than anything else. Yeah, yeah. That, it, it is, is, could the, I think the teams that were trying to get into the playoffs were trying so hard. It was such a mental grind that they thought if they just could get in, mm-hmm. then they could go on a roll. And that's the Blue Jays. I, the, all the coaches I talked to, the players I talked to said all the same thing. If we could just get in. All of this is behind us because we're working so hard. We're trying not to to fail. We're not. To, we're trying not to mess up. And when you get the playoffs, you don't have to think about that because you're already in. Yeah, and and I, you know, this is not going to make any of you feel better, but I'm going to say it. The, the The two teams that are going in from this division, other than the Rays, the Yankees have DJ Lemayhew in the IL. They're already, as we said, a mess defensively. And today. One of the things that happened that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, J.D. Martinez had to come out of the game after repairing to hurt an ankle or, or, a, or, or a foot. Uh, say this about the Boston Red Sox. This, and it, we'll, we'll talk about this tomorrow or maybe a day later. You know, the Boston Red Sox had to play in a National League park. Yeah, it's against a bad team. They had to have their pitchers hit. They had an outfield J.D. Martinez should never have a glove in his hand other than a hitting glove. I mean, he just shouldn't anything than a batting glove. Um, and, and today was really odd. It was Ryan Zimmerman's last game and Alex Avia's last game. Alex Avia, for a while there, I thought we were going to have to give him the key to Toronto because he had a big two-run two run hit that looked like it was going to put the Jays into the yeah. playoffs. This game, you know, there was interrupted by guys, by Zimmerman and Avia coming out, and all their teammates came out in the field, and it was like a five-minute sort of, these guys are retiring, a five-minute celebration in-game yeah. and everything like that. Um, I, I don't know how the hell, I don't know how the hell the Red Sox go forward here. They used three starters to get this game in the bag, and the first starter, Chris Hale, was just not very good. That, that frighteningly bad is yeah. how I would put it. Walked in a run. Yeah, it gets back to my point. You're just trying to get in. You do, you do everything yes. you can. doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter if you got a, a offensive line standing in the outfield. It doesn't matter as long as you can get in. That's yeah. sort of what the Blue Jays were trying to do. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The 2020 
I was going to say, is it 2020 or 2021, Bark? I keep losing. 2021, that's what happens when you get old. You don't want to add on those extra years. 2021 regular season is over. The Jays uh, will not be in the playoffs. There will not be a 163rd game. Chaos did not materialize, but we got a whole bunch of tension and a whole bunch of memories as well. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We'll go back to the phone lines. You're listening to the Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker, brought to you by Ontario Honda Dealers. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Destroyer. Vlad the Conqueror. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Toronto Blue Jays play here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, we're on the air until 8 o'clock tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. A reminder that tomorrow on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Blair and Barker, I guess it kind of premieres from 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., part of the new lineup here at Sportsnet 590, the fan. And, uh, well, we're not going anyway, just because, anywhere, just because the Jays are out of the season. We'll be doing Blair and Barker through the end of the World Series, the winter meetings. We got some, uh, we got some sp- Special things planned for you in the winter that we're kind of excited about. Some podcasty type things and some some other stuff in the works. It's uh it's gonna be year round baseball for us. So we will keep you informed as to the whys and wherefores of that. But I am looking forward to it. This is gonna be a terrific off season. And I'm especially looking forward to get me some CBA talk going. Yes, sir. Nothing gets the juices flowing Boy, like dudes wait. in suits sitting around a hotel room trying to figure out how to split up the money in a $7 billion a year industry. Nothing could be more exciting. I got, well, I'm not going to talk about the CBA. I'm a little more optimistic about it than some people are. Mm. I'm a little more optimistic about it than some people are. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety. So tomorrow and through the week, We'll have a lot of Blue Jays postmortems to try to get uh, Ross and Mark on, and um, yeah, we'll give you a chance to uh, to have your say as well on every day. Uh, let's go to Steve in Toronto. I think my my voice is just drying here. Let's go mm. to Steve in Toronto. Go ahead, Steve. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good, good. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Steve. I've been a proponent of managing any sport, win you and lose you close games, and we've lost a lot of them. I just want to know your guys' take on having Montoya back next year. Well, he is coming back next year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's got a contract through uh, next season. Uh, the Jays gave it, gave it to him this year. I'll be very blunt. I think if the team gets off to a slow start next year, there will be a new manager. Yep. But I think Charlie deserves the chance to come back. And, you know, this team's 91 wins. Um, and, and, again, I, I, I don't think, I, I know that already in social media, people, and Char, Charlie Montoya was trending, which is never a good thing when you're, nope. when you're trending and, and the day after, you, or, you know, a couple, an hour after yeah. your team has been eliminated. 40 from, minutes. 40 minutes You're after your team already. was eliminated, despite the fact that it won 91 games. I, I, I was just ad- advise people to go back and look at that bullpen. And I don't know. Are there games where Charlie might have made decisions that could have made Absolutely. the difference? Yeah. But there, I'll tell you what. There are a lot of games where Aaron Boone. It, it's amazing how much better the Yankees became when this 
and Aaron Boone came, became as the manager when this bull, when the Yankees bullpen yeah. kind of straightened itself well, it out. Two days ago, they were yelling and screaming at the Yankees. Two days ago, they wanted to fire Aaron Boone. Today's a genius because yeah. he went toe-to-toe with the Tampa Bay Rays and used his bullpen brilliantly and got a win in a game started by a dude who should probably be on the IL. I, I You know, it, it's... Uh, you can talk all you want about Charlie. Charlie's coming back. I mean, if if the folks want to waste a lot of time talking about that, that's fine. I said going into September, I was asked, do you think Charlie Montoyo is a guy that can take this team through the playoffs? I'm not talking about last year because that was, you know, that, that was a 60-game regular season. I said I didn't know. I, I was honest. I said I didn't know in September. Do you know now? I think he is. Am am I confident enough in saying that I can see this team not just making the playoffs, but winning a, you know, again, once you get to the World Series, it's it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. But being good enough to go to the World Series, yeah, I can. I can because I've seen enough from Vladdy and Bo. I saw enough from Charlie when he finally had a freaking bench that wasn't just Jonathan Davis. And I saw enough from Charlie when guys like Simber and Richards were there. Uh, Romano, again, keep in mind that one of the, you know, Jordan Romano's had a great year, but Jordan Romano was a work in progress. Mm. At, at no point did anybody think it would be a great idea to run Jordan Romano out three days in a row. I, it, 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 he, he is not, he's not Andrew Kittredge or, or one of the, or Raldis Chapman or one of those closers you just go out about get me the ninth get me the ninth get me the ninth get me the ninth he's not he's not there yet maybe he will be so yeah charlie had to have some say in keeping vladdy healthy he had to have some Mm. say in keeping Bo healthy Mm. he kept marcus Semyon and robbie ray healthy while they were in their free agent years playing in three different cities one of them being a minor league ballpark that there's Mm. There has to be there has to be some credit given to Charlie for the fact that this team won 91 games. If you are going to criticize him for the fact that they lost this game against Cleveland or that game against Minnesota or this game against New York, yeah. then you got to give him credit for the fact at, at least part of the credit I, for the fact I, they won 91 I, games. I think he's good at keeping morale up. The other things you're talking about the the players being healthy, I think that's all in the player I, again, I, I had—I don't know—I couldn't tell you how many managers I've had, but I had a ton of them, and it, none of them had anything to do with me staying on the field. Absolutely zero. Now, again, this 2021 is way different than when and I it played. Is way it's totally different with all the analytics and everybody—you know, the nutritionists and everybody that wants to get involved in what you're doing. I, maybe it's changed, and maybe you're right. But a lot of that, I, I think you, for me at least, for me, you give the player more credit about. Mm-hmm the routines that they're coming up with and, and how they're taking care of their bodies and what they're, you know, backing off of during seasons. You hear Vladdy talk about that all the time. Instead of me going in a cage, taking a hundred swings, I take 25 perfect swings. Well, yeah, if nothing else, the manager helps create the environment that allows guys to flourish and allows go. guys to do their thing. I'm buying that. I mean, he does. He, he, I'm buying that. He, he, he does. And I will throw this out to all of you Charlie critics out there. I'm willing to bet that you all thought John Gibbons was the dumbest thing you'd ever seen in your life until he got Josh Donaldson, Jose Batista, Edwin Encarnacion, Roberto Osuna. Thank you, Press. 
you, for a yeah, yeah, while. You, I like I know. I mean, I'm not calling out the fan base here, but folks, I was on the radio when people wanted Gibby fired. Now I covered the team when Gibby was fired. <laughs> I remember being on the air when John Gibbons was rehired by this team. And a lot of you didn't want that. You thought, here's this dumb, slow-talking Texan, sits in the corner of the dugout, gets in fights with his players, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't have the, the royal jelly, doesn't look that like, he's, like he has an idea what's going on. Gibby, slow-talking Gibby. You all wanted his ass out of here, and all of a sudden he's the greatest manager ever, and oh my God, they got to bring Gibby back to run this team because Gibby would have known how to turn Rafael Dolis into something other than what he was. So I don't mind having the manager's discussion. Uh, and 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 it's you know it's, it's your prerogative. But wow, I know what I know what a lot of you are like. And I remember what you're saying about Gibby when you didn't like him. You know, everybody runs around, Gibby the best, Gibby the best. Yeah, Gibby wasn't the best when he didn't have good teams. And trust me on that. I wrote a lot of the stuff and I was saying a lot of the stuff. And I was hearing the stuff people were saying about Gibby. So don't go off on Charlie Montoya. You, you can if you want. I just think you're looking. You know what? I, I, think, I think you're taking the easy way out. I think you're taking the easy way out. I think you're listening to people in this industry, some of them who don't know anything about baseball. And if you want to do that, go ahead. Again, everybody's entitled to an opinion. Just remember, you all want to Gibby's ass out of here. And then now, now you want to build a statue to the guy. I mean, come on. 416 sorry, Park. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Mike in Toronto, what's up, Mike? Jeff, Barker, how are you guys doing today? We're doing well. I just want to say, uh, let, me, let me just preface everything I'm about to say right now. Jeff, I've spoken many times over at 1 p.m. at Contract today, okay? And you've been one of the best people I've ever met in the building. Kevin, I've spoken to you once or twice. You're great guys included. Thank you. Thank so, you. Let me just tell you this right now. Please give me your two cents on this right now. After everything we saw with Nate Pearson over the last few games, I know I've been listening to what you guys have been saying in the post game. Do you feel comfortable with Pearson being a number four or five if we do happen to lose Mats or if we do happen to lose Robbie Wake? Because like you guys have been saying, we can't carry all three, especially with the amount of money we want for Bo Machette. Mm. I just, I just want to hear what you guys yep. are going to say because Monoa has been everything you guys have been preaching for so long. Oh, he's and I just want awesome. to hear what you guys are going to say. Thank you for being for keeping five ninety alive. You're the last people alive. That keep it going. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. Holland, Holland, take a look, quick, Andrew, run. <laughs> something happened. Something happened when I. I swear to God, I saw other people in here. Holland, you're there, aren't you? Oh, now listen. I appreciate the call yeah. and and uh, and I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I Nate Pearson. I could spend let's we could spend Wednesday. Let's make Wednesday Nate Pearson Day. Yeah. No, I, I, here's where I am with Nate Pearson. If I have to trade Nate Pearson plus player X to get Jose Ramirez, I do it. What time is it now? Seven forty four. I do it. Do it an hour ago. Um, but that aside, I look at the Nate Pearson that I've seen in the past couple of outings. And this is my approach with them. I'm going into the off season. I got to talk to Robbie Ray about re-signing here. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out if I want Steven Matz back. 
I know I've got Barrios. I know I've got Ryu. I know I've got Manoa. I've got Jordan Romano as my closer, but I'm with you, Bark. I need more. I need more. I need more swing and miss out of the, the back end of that bullpen. So I have, I know I have those two things and I've got this commodity. If I can address that bullpen issue through Raysel Iglesias or something like that, he's yeah. a free agent. Now let's say Experience. I can sign, let's say I can sign him. Yep. And let's say I, I don't have any luck in the free agent pitching market. All right. Then I might, Look at Nate Pearson going into spring training as the guy I want to start. Mm. If I can make a move to address the starting situation, because I'm going to, I'm either, I'm going to have to take, I've got a lot of money and I'm either going to have to give it to Marcus Semyon or Robbie Ray. And even if I don't resign them, I got to take care of Teoscar and folks at some point, I got to make Vladdy the highest paid player in the game or one of the highest paid players in the game. That, that's what we're looking at. So I've got Nate Pearson. If I can't address the situation, my starting pitching situation in the trade market or the free agent market, then he's my starter. If I can do that, and that means I got less money to spend in the bullpen, then to me, we're now at the point with Nate Pearson where where you put him in the bullpen. Mm. Nate Pearson said something to us when we asked him last week, what do you see yourself as doing? He said, I still see myself as a starter, but mostly I see myself as a major leaguer. I want to be a major leaguer. And I guarantee you, if you went to Nate Pearson and said, Nate, you can make this team as our eighth inning guy, Nate Pearson's going to throw his hand up and have a let's at it. Huh. That's where I think we are with Nate Pearson. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays told you exactly what they think of Nate Pearson when they sent him down, told him to eliminate two of his pitches, made him a two-pitch guy. They didn't, didn't start him anymore. Uh, I, I just find it hard to believe when you're trying to win baseball games from the get next year. There's, there's no let's find out. Uh-uh. You got to know what you got, and and to ask a guy to go in the offseason and create a, a slow breaking ball and figure out how to get sync sync on your changeup, and let's do that for five innings. You, the, what what has Nate Pearson what? done for anybody that's watched him that says he could do that? What did we just finish seeing? Why did this team not make the playoff bullpen? If you've got a guy who can make your bullpen better in house. Then use them right now. And I think that's exactly where the Jays are. Nate Pearson's not 20, 21 years old. I think you may have figured right in front of you, Nate Pearson may have shown you what he is. Yeah, and and I, I just don't know what I saw and what everybody else saw whenever he was a starter. Did you ever see him throwing consistently no. 100 miles an hour? We had that, and I, I don't think his 96 plays. We had that game. Sorry, against, don't. No, I don't either. We had the game no. against the Yankees where it was 101, 101, 101, 100. You're not seeing that remember, as a starter. Remember that game against the Astros? Yeah. No. How'd I, that go? I, it I, was 96 with a sprinkling get-me-over curveball with a trying to do a changeup and occasionally choking off a slider. Look, I, I'm a big fan of Nate Pearson's. I think if you close your eyes and mold in your mind what a, a, a bullpen, a big-time starting or a big-time bullpen arm pitcher looks like, it's Nate Pearson. But I think we're just – I think we're begging with the starter thing. I, everybody yeah. wants everybody to be a starter. Well, I look at the Rays. <laughs> what would the Rays do with Nate Pearson? Good question. Not starting. Bet you that. James and Curtis, you're on Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker, the extended post-game edition of Blue Jays Talk, I guess we're calling it. What's up? How's it going, guys? Going Good. well, I think. Um, I mean, it could be better. Well, not, you know, it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> It'd be better if we were getting ready for 163 or the wild card, but 
I, uh, I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm. I mean, I'm content with the season. I, you know what? I got the team back in Toronto. I had thirty thousand people at the ballpark this weekend. Given everything that's happened in this city in the last two years, I'm kind of okay with stuff right now. I couldn't agree more. I think this is the biggest thing for me. Is this isn't like 2015 where it's, you know, this is our only shot. This is the one chance we've got to get into the World Series. This team is young, and they're going to be around for a while. Oh yeah, and thanks for the call. I mean, you're you know you're you're preaching to the choir here. They are. Um, they're not they're they're not going anywhere. Yeah, what, they're not going anywhere. This is what I tell you, Jeff. I think this year what they what they've been through, what they did, what they've accomplished, how they ended the season. Now for me, all the pressure's on Ross. Go go out and yep. and and fix everything that needs not everything because that's impossible. But fix things that are right in front of you and sort of put your uh, stamp of approval on what you think right out the gate could be a, a, a World Series team. Now, it, it, my, my approach to him would be, if I was Mark Shapiro, you may not be able to sign Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon or either of them, but you got to make the team better. Yep. you got to make the team better. This team cannot go into next season with us going, yeah, if this happens, then maybe perhaps yeah. they got this chance of, you know, if this team didn't, no. Mm-hmm. You've got to do your work to the point where people look at this team. Eh, injuries are going to happen. Eh, we get that. But going into the year, people are going to look at this team and go, yeah, it's a, that's one of the best teams in the American League. That's a World Series team. That's a, that's a team that could win the World Series. Yeah. Period. I'm with you. It's, and as I said, I'm not – meaningful baseball in September, I don't want – yeah, I'm about meaningful baseball in October now. And I even wasn't, as I said, I wasn't in 2015 to 2016. But I am now. I want meaningful baseball in October. And I, and I think we should, honestly, given the way ownership handles this team now, I think we should expect. I think we should expect meaningful baseball in October. Yep. I really do. Yep. I think it should be an expectation. I think they have to get and off I'll to a good you, start. I'll tell you what. Next I, year. It was interesting hearing Ben talk about being at the field and talking to some of the some of the players the past couple of days and the realization that if we had been here all year, things may have been better. That indicates to me one of two things. One, there's still there this this isn't a self-satisfied group. Mm-mm. And two, I think they may have a little bit of a chip in their shoulder going into next year. I think they know they're really, really good. And there's a lot to that. I think I will say this. I'm willing to bet there are guys in there that feel they were screwed. Just by the, and not, not just by, by the situation. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. You can't, you know, unless you're the Rays, you can't figure a way out of a pandemic. But, um, I think there are a lot of guys in that room who go, you know, yeah, we we kind of got screwed here. Yeah, why us? Yeah, and that's that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's something you can you can you can carry into. I just we're just watching that Brandon Lau play again on the. Uh, you know, you know what, you know <sighs> what, you know what too. I bet if Kevin Cash needed that game, he's walking Judge. Walking the bases loaded with I'd one. Ra- I'd rather pitch. I'd rather pitch to the long swing and Stanton. Than the inside out judge. Yeah, That's but just I mean, me. you know, it's also 
It's not like he but hammered. It's not like he hammered the ball to center field. I, I get it, but yeah, I, I you can. I got a better chance of getting a swing and miss from Stanton than I do Judge when it matters. Fair. That's, That's just, fair. But the, but hey, yeah, the, the, the race or the race. He was like close. I, he had the, the the dude whose team is in the playoffs had his closer on the mound. Like yeah, I, well, I, Wander I, Franco was playing shortstop in the ninth inning. Yeah, so he's trying. And Wander Franco, by the way, is. Don't get me started yeah, the, about the, his the, defense. The, oh. the, the American League's in good hands. There, there's, <laughs> yes. multiple, there's, there's multiple there's multiple names. Yeah. No, I uh, you can really, if you're a baseball fan, you can get into that. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. pretty safe bet. I think you could say that that's a pretty safe bet. Uh there's uh there's gonna be a lot going on in this division. So uh yeah. Bark. Final few words. We're going right up to uh, to eight o'clock again. We will be back tomorrow from ten to twelve. It'll be part of our daily. We'll be part of the daily sked here on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan Blair and Barker from ten to twelve. Yeah, I I think I think if I when I said ninety and seventy two, I'm glad I was wrong. They were ninety one and seventy one. So that that's my first thing. And I think if I would have said to you, Jeff, game one sixty two is going to matter just like. The middle of the season is going to matter. You you would have probably called me crazy. With, I did every, not. I, with everything they were going listen, through, I'll put my hand up. I, was, I didn't see ninety wins for this team. When, when, I, when George really Springer didn't. wasn't in a lineup as yeah. many days as he, he wasn't in a lineup, the you know reuse taking a step back, you could see it. It's visible. You would you would have called me crazy, and they yeah. they pieced it together <clears throat> internally. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They worked hard. How many times we see Vladdy and Bo on their knees? Hmm. Louis Rivera throwing them short hops. I'll tell you the other I thing. I mean, that's big league stuff. And this gets this gets to all the crazy stuff that happened this year. If I had looked at you opening day and said, Bo Bichette's going to be cleanup hitter halfway through the year, you would have yeah, just laughed. laughed. You would have said, nuts. not a chance in hell. It's that good stuff in Hamilton. Yeah, life. not a yeah, yeah, the, the cannabis shops out there. <laughs> not, a, not a chance in hell that Bo Bichette's going to be a cleanup hitter. Again, so much has happened this year with yeah. this team. And, 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 uh, and as I said, I like the fact that today Hyunjin Ryu it gets to leave feeling pretty. Ah, it's the Orioles. I know the Orioles aren't really good, but everybody goes into the offseason kind of knowing what they need to do to get better and mm-hmm. kind of feeling good about themselves. Uh, I'm sure George Springer at some point tonight will look at, will sit back and go, "Boy, I made a good decision signing that yeah. contract." Uh, there's just. Like I said, there's there's so much positive out of this. The negative is that a team that scored a ton of runs and has all these great players, a team that so many people in baseball are saying right now, I don't want any part of this team. The negative is that they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, and and I've been hammering. That's the negative. Yeah, I've been hammering to you that they need a Blue Jay way. Well, for me, they have it. It's winning. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the 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 expectation is there now. Yeah, they they've shown and they've shown you with the people they've released and gotten rid of, and that when you don't perform because we're not winning, you're out. Oh yeah, that's a Blue Jay way. Yeah, guy, we said in the pregame show, I've not been around a Blue Jays team that has sucked up as much bad money. Yep, and that that says something about your commitment to the team. If you're willing to suck up bad money and let guys walk. Because they're hurting your team and not sitting there going, ah, you know, maybe we should try to get this guy for that guy. We can't really get. No, he's got rid of guys who weren't any good. That's it. Adios. See ya. They also spent money in trades to improve the quality of player coming back. They they did. They did a lot of things like that. Um, But 
as we get ready to sign off. I, we, cannot, we cannot sugarcoat that for a large part of this season, this team had a, had a bullpen that sucked the life out of it. Yeah. It, it, it's that the offensive players were standing in the field and could not look at the gate opening up because they were dreading who was coming in. Yeah. And quite I, frankly. as we had a caller say, there was that run in August where they stopped hitting. A lot of young guys stopped hitting. I think that the other good thing to come out of this is that Bo and Vladdy now know what it takes to play 162 games to stay healthy and I cannot stress this enough, the especially with, with Bo. And I think we'll find that Vladdy was playing hurt for the past three weeks, but especially with Bo. Bo had some of his worst at-bats of the year in the month of September. He also finished almost hitting 500, I think, almost. Yeah. Over, you know, over run of games. So all this stuff that, that, that these guys went through, get stored and, and will be something that they can touch on next year. But again, I get back to what I thought, I thought earlier. Most important thing is the team was home. The dome was full. It was loud. The Jays found themselves with a tangible, measurable home field advantage. Yeah. This team knows now, this team knows now that when they play at home, they are capable of you know, administering or hurting to teams. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, we're, we're talking about bigger issues here. But the fact that they're home, you know, the Raptors are home now. They're going to be playing in front of fans. The Leafs are going to be playing in front of fans. TFC's playing in front of fans. The Argos are playing in front of fans. Yeah, that doesn't not going to take any of the sting away from the fact that the, your team, your Blue Jays team is better than – I think better than two of the teams that are going to the postseason. That's not going to take the sting away. But, boy, that's something. Considering where we were a year ago at this time and the Jays were playing exhibition games or, or playing their postseason game down in Tampa, um, yeah, I think it's uh, all told it's been a pretty pretty decent year. And I'm all ready for opening day. I can't wait. Get it down and get it singing. Let's get it going right now. Give me Jose Ramirez. Give me opening day. I'm there. Uh, for all of us here at the Blue Jays Talk, for Ben and uh, Andrew and Show and everybody, Tom Young, everybody behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, between the scenes. I don't even know what I'm saying, between the scenes. Thanks for joining us. Blair and Barker will keep the baseball talk going tomorrow from 10 to 12. Have a great night. <laughs>